This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Canto 9 of the Inferno provides one of the great transitions from the five circles of upper hell to the more serious sins of lower hell. So first, let's talk about this juncture in the structure of hell, and then we can turn to the narrative of what happens in the plot of Canto 9. In the previous canto, Virgil and Dante cross the swamp of the river Styx, and that's the second of the four rivers of hell. Now they land at the locked gates of the mythic city of Dis, with its impossibly high walls that encircle the lower half of the regions of the damned. This great circular funnel-shaped cavity of hell gets significantly narrower here. The sinners that the two poets met above this point, they were guilty of less serious sins, the sins of incontinence, that is, a lack of self-restraint and giving in to excess, and that made their impulses corrupt. Some modern readers of Dante are shocked to learn that lust and carnal desire, the sins of sex, are the least bad of all the sins in hell. Least bad because Dante viewed sexual sin as a lack of self-restraint in the pursuit of love, and love comes from God's own nature. So therefore, love is the guiding virtue of the entire Commedia, of hell, of purgatory, of heaven. Remember back to that first gate at the beginning of this inferno journey? There we learn from the inscription over the gate that hell was created not only by the justice and power of God, but also by God's intellect and love. We can't understand Dante's vision without contemplating this startling insight that hell is an expression of God's love. You don't have to agree with this, you don't have to accept it, but it is a central insight into Dante's theological vision as well as his poetic organization. The sins of lacking restraint up in circles 2, 3, and 4, and 5, they were all failures to love in the right ways, and failures to avoid the brokenness that comes with too much or too little, excess or deficiency, the deficient practice of something which in itself is a good and virtuous thing, like love and desire, like food the things of this life, and appropriate anger. But now the poets stand frustrated and terrified at the second gate in hell, the iron gate and the towering brass wall that was slammed shut against them. The gate and the city of Dis can find the worst sinners down in the deeper four circles and their multiple subdivisions that we'll find in lower hell. So now let's turn our attention to the plot of what happens in Canto 9. Virgil is confused 
And Dante, our character, our protagonist, is almost eternally petrified, but they're rescued by an angel sent from heaven. Dante, in the Commedia, draws from four major sources, from stories from the Bible, from classical mythology, both Greece and Rome, from the history of Rome, and from characters and events of his home city of Florence. There are no sinners here in this canto, but Canto 9 does make use of some significant classical mythology. The city of Dis is drawn from the Roman divinity Dis, who ruled the underworld. This god has been discarded by Dante and replaced with Satan, whom we will meet down there at the bottom of the last circle of hell. The city of Dis is encircled by a high and impenetrable wall with a giant iron gate that was just now slammed shut against the poets when they were dumped from the boat that ferried them across the swamp of the river Styx in the last canto. The two poets have now arrived at the major juncture in the entire inferno, and they stand in frustrated incomprehension Fear, horror, seemingly halted from continuing their journey. Virgil, human reason, went off by himself to solve this dilemma, leaving poor Dante to fret in lonely terror. And then suddenly, the three furies of Greek mythology appear on the wall above. The furies, they spin the thread of your life, measure its length, and the third one snips the thread, bringing your life to an end. If they're not horrifying enough, they threaten to bring the head of Medusa the Gorgon, a glimpse of which would turn poor Dante to stone for eternity. But just then, the great rescuer arrives, an angel bearing the contempt of God, who with his sacred staff waves open the locked gate and the poets enter the city of Dis and see the before them fiery tombs, the tombs of the Epicureans, who are the arch heretics of Circle Six. So how does Dante the poet mean for us to understand his allegory? Well, we know that Virgil is the embodiment of human reasoning, also of the wisdom of the classical world, and yet, here, Virgil is unable to comprehend the mysteries of sin and divine justice, especially when menaced by those furies of doubt and despair. Dante, the pilgrim, by that I mean to distinguish this fictional character from the author-poet, they have the same name, but the poet understands more fully than his character what's going to happen. Dante, the pilgrim, is almost completely disabled now, as represented by the confusion and self-doubt of that threat of the Medusa head. But then, for the poets, as for us, God will open doors when we're least able to open them ourselves. That's the reassurance. However, when the angel opens the door for the poets, which at first seems so positive, what is it that they find? They cross into a circle of fiery tombs and cries of anguish. 
Buckle your seatbelts, the ride is about to get much bumpier. The greater horrors of lower hell now await us. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Torrey Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.